Armstrong said, Times of transition are strenuous, but I love them. They are an opportunity to purge, to rethink priorities, <clears throat> to be intentional about new habits, and we can make our new normal any way we want. Isaac Asimov said, Life is pleasant and death is peaceful, but it's the transition that's troublesome. I'll have you notice today the position of the 23rd Psalm is worthy of notice. <clears throat> you all know that the book of Psalms is the longest book in the Bible. It's Israel's hymn book. A psalm is a song. It's poetry. It has 150 psalms in it. We read today the 23rd. And out of a, 150 of the psalms, and with all of their placement, and with all that they mean, which there's far more than we have time to delve into today, position of the 23rd Psalm is worthy of notice. It follows, obviously, the 22nd Psalm, which is prophetical concerning Jesus dying on the cross. It is the, the Psalm of the cross, is what it's oftentimes referred to. I want everyone to understand this morning. There are no green pastures, and there are no still waters on the left side of the 23rd Psalm. It is only after we read, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me, that we come to the Lord is my shepherd. We must by experience know the value of bloodshedding and see the sword awakened against our great shepherd before we shall be able to truly know the sweetness of the great shepherd's care. Everybody here today has a desire to live in a perpetual oasis of life. But the sentences of the 23rd Psalm do not describe, the sentences of the 23rd Psalm do not describe the regular and uninterrupted experience of those who follow the great shepherd. When you follow Jesus, you will be continually changing pastures. The words of the 23rd Psalm, especially the first part of it, are there by no, they're, they're not there by any means to mean or to imply that we are always reclining in green pastures nor being soothed by the restful still waters. Moreover, life after such a pattern would be entirely unsatisfactory and insufficient. Green pastures and still waters would prove an unspeakable curse if life contained nothing else for us, we would all grow weak and indolent and useless. The text, notice, the text actually refers to the occasional privilege. Everybody say occasional. It refers to the occasional privilege rather than the common experience of the sheep of the great shepherd's flock. David was passing through a time of sorrow, want, and wandering. And if the way of your hope, of your life, seems to go through the desert, you need not lose heart, neither lose hope. In following God's guidance, you will not be denied. If you will follow God's guidance, you will not be denied needful refreshment and rest. God will bring you to the oasis where the quiet waters lie, 
and the grass is fresh and green. He will discover to you some peaceful hour, some shady nook, if you will, some prepared table where the soul may be refreshed and renewed. It is easy for all of us today to enlarge upon the many privileged occasions which in our wilderness life leads us to green pastures and still waters. I was having a conversation with somebody this morning. Our American culture, I believe, especially through media, has kind of programmed us to be more sensitive to the negative than to the positive things that happen in our life. But I think if all of us were honest, we would all admit that we've had those occasional times of green pastures and still waters. Oh, yes, we have. And for those times, I'm thankful. Let's give the Lord some appreciation for those things. But Dr. James M. Gray, and if you'll listen very carefully, here's my message. Dr. James M. Gray related how he saw a painting of a large boat laden with cattle that were being ferried across an angry, swollen river during the time of a storm. The artist of the painting had so cleverly pictured the dark, threatening clouds and the play of the treacherous, jagged lightning that he instantly concluded that the freight of the poor, dumb cattle was marked for destruction. But then he noticed the title of the painting. The title of the painting was simply Changing Pastures. It was not the intent of the shepherd to board them on a boat and try to haul them across a rough, stormy river during a terrible, terrible thunderstorm. All he did was load them up on a boat to move them from one pasture to another. When the current pasture had lost its ability to give the sheep or the cattle sustenance, the good shepherd loaded them up on a boat and moved them across the river to another pasture where they could glean sustenance and be healthy. Yes, the timing was not good. Yes, he could have chose a better time. But nonetheless, it was needful for his stock to change from one pasture to another. It's regretful that it happened during a storm. I want to submit to everybody here today, and I hope you all are listening. Everybody is changing storms or changing pastures. That's what life is about. And it is imperative, it is imperative for us to understand that our great shepherd has his hand on our life. And yes, he does know what is best for us. And yes, he does know that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and are the called according to His purpose. And sometimes He has to pick you up and load you on a boat and move you from a comfortable pasture through a very turbulent storm to the next pasture for your own health, for your own prosperity, for your own sustenance, and for your own spirituality. It's the way of God. I believe it was Habakkuk that said, The Lord has His way in the whirlwind 
and in the storm. So many times, most of us, Christian people in general, imagine that God's plans mean disaster and affliction. Many Christians imagine that God's plan for my life can only mean disaster, affliction, loss, and heartache. But all God is doing is moving you from one place to another place for your own good and for your own benefit. It is just simply called changing pastures. David knew what is what it was to be a shepherd. David knew that when he wrote the 23rd Psalm. And he knew the need and purpose of a shepherd and the life of a sheep. If anyone understood that, David did. So I want you to notice with me here this morning that the 23rd Psalm gives us the 14 blessings of sheep. The 23rd Psalm gives us 14 blessings of sheep, and I'm going to spend about 20 minutes on each point. I'm kidding. I don't care what Bunch said last night. (laughs) But let me say it again. The 23rd Psalm gives us 14 blessings of sheep. And this is applicable. This is applicable regardless of the pasture you're in. The relationship of the shepherd to his sheep is not dependent on the pasture the sheep are in. I'm glad they agree. They're getting it. I'm still waiting for y'all to catch up. We go through these pity party martyr type stories all the time that I just don't believe God cares about me anymore. God don't know where I'm at. God don't understand. God don't this and God don't that. What we have to understand, and I hope you'll never forget what I'm preaching here today, is the relationship you have with Jesus and the relationship Jesus has with you has nothing to do with the pasture that you're in. Number one, the Lord as their shepherd. First blessing. Second blessing, no want ever. Third blessing, you rest in choice green pastures. Four, guidance to still deep waters of rest and refreshing. Number five, restoration of the soul. Number six, guidance in paths of right for his name's sake, which gives no cause for stumbling or falling or going astray. Number seven, always safe passage. Always safe passage. Through the valley of the shadow of death, always safe. Always safe through the valley of the shadow of death. The deep, waterless, gloomy, wild, beast-infested, rocky, dangerous ravine were so common in the part of the country where this psalm is written. But the blessing of following the great shepherd is your guaranteed safe passage no matter what happens. 
No fear of evil. No fear of evil because of the shepherd's constant companionship, watch, and protection. The comfort, number nine, the comfort of the shepherd's rod and staff, the club and the crook, the only two things carried by shepherds for defense and for help, the club for the sheep's enemies, the crook for the sheep's protection. We have a great shepherd today, and his name is Jesus. Number ten, the blessing of the sheep that is given in the 20th. 23rd Psalm, prepared and full tables of food to feast on in the presence of enemies. Get this picture. I don't know how many of you have ever seen National Geographic or if you're even interested in it, but I have. That uh, It's awesome to watch. And the beauty of a herd is there's, there's protection in numbers. And, uh, but there are occasions where a lion or a pride of lions will scope out a newborn animal. It could be a wildebeest or whatever. Hyenas will do it. They'll scope out a new one, a young born one, because they're easy to catch and they're tender and easy to eat. And so they prey on them, and they'll find one with a broken leg or something that prohibits it from running very fast. But if there's enough of them around to get around that one animal, you can literally sit and watch lions staring at what they would like to be their next meal. But that little calf is surrounded by mama and all of her friends. And don't get even close, don't even try. And these animals are just grazing in the, in the, the meadowlands, and they're eating and just having a great time while the lion is standing off by the wayside watching with slobber running out of its lips but helpless to do anything about it. That's the picture I want you to get today. While everything that is against you, every weapon formed against you, everything that comes against you cannot hurt you as long as you're in the presence of the great shepherd. He prepares a table of green, lush grass in the presence of your enemies, and there you feast while they watch. Oh, my. And then he anoints your head with oil, the Bible said. If you've studied this passage, you know that shepherds will anoint the eyes and ears of their sheep so that mites and flies and what have you don't get in and cause infection and that kind of thing. He anoints their head with oil. He anoints them with oil to protect their mentality, their mind. It helps them to see straight and to hear the shepherd's voice. It's that anointing that follows them. And then the Bible said the twelfth blessing is their cup runs over so not only is there plenty of food but there's plenty of wholesome drink number 13 confidence that such goodness and mercy 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 even when a sheep wanders off the great shepherd don't develop a grudge and hold angst against that sheep because they wandered off they go get them and they bring them right back into the fold and they protect them as much as they protect the ones that never strayed away I'm telling you today as long as you stay under the watchful eye of our great shepherd you will always be blessed and provided sustenance by him and then number 14 faith that in the next life they will dwell in the house of God forever what a psalm George Bernard Shaw said once 
I'm ready to admit after contemplating the world and human nature for 60 years that I see no way out of the world's misery but by the way which would be found by the will of God. When Jesus taught his disciples to pray, he started his prayer like this. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Thy will be done. Thy will be done if we could accept that. It's imperative for everyone here today to accept the will of God for your life. If he's calling on you to change pastures, then you need to change pastures. I've understood, I've come to understand in preparation for this message that backsliding isn't always walking away from God. But sometimes it's not walking with God when God moves. But God, I want to stay here. I want to live my current lifestyle. I don't want to change. I don't want to be what you want me to be. I don't want to become what you want me to become. God, I want to stay in this pasture. I'm more comfortable here. I know the terrain. I recognize the mountainside. I won't get lost here. If I go where you want me to go, it's new. And I'm nervous about new things, and I can't embrace new things. And and God, I just don't want to be that submitted. And God, I don't want to do what you want me to do. But somehow you have to understand today, the greatest prayer you can ever pray in your life is the same prayer Jesus prayed in Gethsemane. Not my will, but thine be done. No, I don't want to die on the cross and I don't want to bleed and I don't want to suffer all the pain and horrible shame and embarrassment. But God, if it's your will, I'm willing to do it because I'll change pastures when God says change pastures. David Livingstone once said, I'd rather be in the heart of Africa in the will of God than on the throne of England out of the will of God. Greg Laurie said, it's better to be in a storm with Jesus than to be anywhere else without him. Dr. F.B. Meyer said, God's will is found by three things which always concur. It's the inward impulse, the inward motivation, etc., the Word of God, and the trend of circumstances. So you must know God is in your heart, and you must know that, and He's impelling you to move forward. You must know God in His book, substantiating whatever He says in your heart. And you must know God in your circumstances, which are always indicative of His will. Never act until these three things agree. One man said, when typhoons and monsoons occur in the Indian Ocean, these violent cyclonic storms swirl about around in a circle. And before navigators learned how to cope with them, they were... There, there was a frightful loss of ships and lives. In explaining how navigators learned to cope with them, a sea captain said, we would run into them. Uh, when we run into them, we locate the center, and then we go around it. We narrow the circle until we get into the center where there is a dead calm, and there we are safe. This is a parallel of God's will. Christ speaks with finality and authority to us. When we're in the center of His will, we're safe. There He keeps our hearts and minds in perfect peace. To reiterate Mr. Shaw's statement, the way out of this world's misery is to be in the will of God and oh, what a place to be. So again, the 23rd Psalm. The Lord, perfect God. My shepherd, perfect keeper. 
not want perfect satisfaction. Maketh me perfect director. Lie down, perfect rest. Green pastures, perfect supply. Leadeth me, perfect guidance. Still waters are perfect peace. Restoreth is perfect restoration. My soul is perfect self. Paths of righteousness is perfect holiness. Namesake is perfect object. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death is perfect trust. Fear no evil is perfect protection. With me is perfect companionship. Thy rod is perfect defense. Thy staff is perfect help. You comfort me as perfect solace. Preparest is perfect provision. Table is perfect food. Before me is perfect presence. In my enemies, in the presence of enemies, is perfect safety. Anointing my head with oil is perfect anointing. My cup runneth over is perfect joy. Surely is perfect assurance. Goodness is perfect benevolence. Mercy is perfect compassion. Follow all days of my life is perfect life. Dwell is perfect home in the house of the Lord forever is perfect destiny. Anybody want to be in the will of God? The Lord is our shepherd. He reveals, this is how he reveals himself to his sheep. As a good shepherd in love, he died. As a great shepherd in power, he rose again. And the great shepherd in glory, we're waiting on the rapture. Notice what he does for his sheep. He gives his life for them and to them. He seeks them out and brings them home. He gathers them and heals them. He guides and feeds them. He protects and preserves them. So what does he expect in return? That they should hear his voice. That they should follow his lead. And that they should rest under his protection. preparation for this I couldn't help but think of my wonderful ministry team sitting over here all three there's three of them that have had to change pastures in the past year or so maybe a little over a year almost two years they've had to change pastures they didn't have a choice Dave had to change pastures with the news of his son. Brother Wheeler had to change pastures with the news of his son. Brother Ben had to change pastures pastures with the news of his son. All three of these men said, I don't particularly approve or condone, neither am I excited about the pasture that God has taken me to. But if that's where he leads me, I'll follow. I look back at Deborah Kirkowitz. She had to change pastures this morning, or this, this summer. She had to tell her mom goodbye. There's a whole bunch of people here this morning that Lost virtually everything you had in the flood last year. You had to change pastures, whether you wanted to or not. Ruth McDonald, you didn't have a choice. But I don't know one single person at Grace Church, I don't know of one, that flooded out. 
the Turpins flooded. I mean, you go all the way up one side and down the other. This church building people had flooded, but not one person said, I don't like this. So, God, I'm not going to follow you through this pasture. There's folks here today, and I say this in all due respect, and I'm trying to be careful because I know we're on live media. But some of you have changed churches, and you didn't like it. You didn't like having to do it. I'm not up here to, to, vindic to vindicate and, and to condone. Uh, I don't know all the situations and circumstances. I only know what you tell me. Sometimes I can discern the rest. But nonetheless, you're still following Jesus. To places unknown, to sights unseen. Trying to acclimate to a new pasture. Where my heart is broken, if you'll stand with me this morning. Where my heart is so abruptly broken is when circumstances come to the doorsteps of families like Dave and Farah and the Wheelers and that I've just mentioned. People say, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to follow God anymore. The flip side of this message is this. <clears throat> the prodigal son came into his dad one day and said, I ain't doing this no more. I don't want to live here no more. I want you to give me my inheritance. And the Bible said he took it and spent it. The Murphy translation is he spent it stupid. And there's people here today that God has somehow allowed very difficult and heart-wrenching, head-throbbing circumstances to land at your doorstep. There's kids here today, there's young people here today who wasn't treated appropriately by your parents or by another member of your family. There's, there's young people here today that feel rejected and abandoned by your parents. There's people here today that's married, your marriage isn't working out too good. There's all kinds of things that are going on in your lives today. What I want to impart to all of us here today, whether you're here today with blessing or with trial, what I want to impart to you today is that God is still your great shepherd regardless of the pasture you're living in. And He is continually calling your name. Jesus said in one parable, my sheep know my voice. And there's people here today that God has been calling your name for a long time. You hear it, but you're not responding to it. When you lay down and go to bed at night, you hear that little nagging voice in your ear. You know you're not living right. You know you're not where you need to be. And it's not to condemn you. It's to woo you. It's to draw you to Him. It's God's way of loving you. It's I say oftentimes to people, if I didn't care, I wouldn't be having this conversation with you. If I didn't care, I wouldn't be preaching this message right now. But it's because I care. And it's because God cares that He's... You can't get out from under the, the touch of His hand. 
You can't get too far from the hem of his garment. You can't stray away too far. He's got a nook on the end of a staff that's always, it can always reach you. No matter where you go, no matter what you do. And I just want someone to understand today. If you could finally find it in yourself to heed the voice of the Good Shepherd. To come back to a place where you once knew. Be a person to become that person maybe that you used to be. It's not over. It's not too late. If it was too late, you wouldn't feel God. If it was too late, those tears that streamed down your face this morning wouldn't have been there. If it's too late, your heart would be so hard you wouldn't feel nothing. You wouldn't be here at all. But you're still here. Why? Because the voice of God just don't quit. And it don't let you go. It's the great shepherd. And he's asking you today to change pastures. To put yourself back in the pasture that he's in. And it may take crossing a stormy river. It may take going through a hard, hard time. I'll never forget, and I've never said this, Deborah. I've never said it publicly. But I still can't forget what happened to Heather when your mom, her grandmother, passed away, if you'll excuse me for that. I want to call her a little girl. She's not. I guess she's in her 30s and married. If she's younger than that, forgive me. Has kids. She sobbed and cried in the hospital room. Sorrowful, yes, but repenting. God, take me back to your pasture where you are. And she stood in this pulpit the day of that funeral and bore her soul. Oh, yes, she did. I left his pasture, but I've come back. Sister Merv heard from her this week with a little question of something that she needed some help with. Sister Murphy, she stays in contact with Sister Murphy. We hear from her all the time. Probably hear from her more than ever does, for that matter, it seems like anyway. But she made a comeback. She made a comeback. The voice of the shepherd called her name, and she came back. And there's people here today that God would do the same for you. He would do the same for you. I don't know why I feel to go in this direction right now, but I'm I'm trying to herald out to you as loud and forcefully as I can that God has not forgotten you. He's not abandoned you. He's not given up on you. He's not turned his back on you. You just didn't change pastures when he did. So sometimes you leave the still water. Sometimes you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Sometimes you do. But it's following God. It's life following God. It's living the way God wants you to live and being what God wants you to be. And you're guaranteed safe passage. Jesus told his disciples, get in the boat with me and let's go to the other side. He didn't tell them what they were going to go through before they got there, but they got there. They went through a storm, and he was asleep in the bottom of the ship, and they went and got him up and said, don't you care that we perish? You don't care about us. You've forsaken us. You've abandoned us. Don't you care? Don't you care? He got out there and just said, peace be still. They got back in his pasture. That's all that happened. And God is calling some folks here today back to his pasture. Would you follow him?
Somebody let the Lord have his way. God's wanting to speak to somebody right now. Somebody let God use you. We've heard from the Lord. We've heard from the Lord. While they're playing and singing softly this morning, I want to invite everybody up to the front of this building. I want to invite everybody up to the front. Everybody come on. Everybody up to the front of the building. And if you're here today and you've maybe wandered away, God is calling you back to his pasture. Would you come? Come on, Grace Church. Would you come with an open heart? Would you come with an open mind today? Thank the Lord. As you come, would you open your hearts? Everybody squeeze in around the front. We have a bunch of people here today, but we can fit. We can fit in. God has never said no to anyone who wants to come back to his pasture. God has never said no to anyone that wants to come back to him. Thank the Lord. Y'all fill in. Grace Church, would you pray right now? Everybody start praying. Everybody start praying. Let's believe God for a move of His Spirit right now in outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Somebody put yourself back in His will. Somebody put yourself back in the will of God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, He's calling on you to change pastures this morning. Would you let Him have His way? Would you let him have his way here today? Would you let him have his way? In the name of Jesus, somebody reach out to the Lord right now. Somebody reach heavenward right now. God, I feel the Holy Ghost here today. God, I feel your presence here today. Somebody open your heart to him right now. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Everybody talk to the Lord. Everybody talk to the Lord. Everybody talk to the Lord right now. In the name of Jesus. All over the house today, pour your heart out to Him. Pour your heart out to the Lord. All over the house today, somebody let Him have His way. Somebody let Him have His way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody follow him today. Somebody follow him today. Somebody follow him today. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Somebody let him have his way. Hallelujah. Oh God, in the name of Jesus. Oh God, in the name of Jesus. Oh God, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Go ahead, somebody. Let him have his way.
Go ahead, somebody. Let him have his way. Let him have his way. Let him have his way. In Jesus' name, somebody follow the cry of your heart right now. Follow the cry of your heart right now. Let him have his way in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Go ahead, somebody reach. Somebody reach, hallelujah, somebody reach. In Jesus' name. Grace Church. Come on, Grace Church. Somebody let the Lord have his way. Somebody let the Lord have his way. Yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes. Hallelujah. 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 God, I thank you today. Oh, God, I thank you today. Oh, God, I thank you today. Hallelujah. God, I thank you today. God, I thank you today. God, I thank you today. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.